This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Ruth Haller, who is the CEO and co-founder of Anapi, an insurtech startup based in Singapore. Welcome to the show, Ruth. Thanks so much for having me. Ruth, it's great to have you joining us today. Really looking forward to hearing more about Anapi. If we could start off, though, could you share with our listeners a little bit more about your career and how you came about founding and starting up the business? Yeah. So I have an insurance background. My first job out of uni was with Zurich Insurance. And I basically, yeah, that's where I started my insurance career. And I I was there for 10 years and I did a bunch of things at Zurich. I started in claims, did a bit of underwriting, project management in in enterprise risk. uh, And I stayed at enterprise risk for like the last five years of my career there. And I liked it because I got like the full overview of how you run an insurance company. Then I got a little bit bored because I felt like it was too back office for me. I wasn't in the front line. I wasn't, you know, they're trying to find deals or, or at the real heart of insurance. And so um, I got a little bit bored, decided to study part-time, become try and see like, okay, what is it like to, you know, to study like an MBA and, and think more entrepreneurial-like. So yeah. I did that uh, part-time and then after I finished that, I tried to find other opportunities in, in the group. Um, and at this point, I was in uh, Hong Kong. So I'm from Australia, started the career in Sydney, moved to Switzerland, then, then I was in Hong Kong. And at that time, there weren't that many opportunities. I managed to shadow someone in like a, they called a customer distribution management function. So dealing with brokers, so that was quite fun, but you know, there wasn't a job at the end of the day. And so I thought, well, what else can I do? And at the time, one of my really good friends in Hong Kong was baking cookies and she wanted to sell them. And uh, she didn't know where to begin. She didn't have a business background. And I thought, well, look, why don't I just, you know, join you for fun? (laughs) You know, finish this degree. Let's kind of put things into action. And did that with her part-time, kind of moonlighted whilst working on my day job. And then decided, just realized I'm learning way much more on the ground running this company than my actual job so why don't I give it a go and see you know if we can make something with this company so I quit my corporate job kind of did this bakery business sugar sisters for a, about a full year full time and then I had to move from Hong Kong to Singapore uh, for my husband's job and so we decided okay well let's close down that business it was a great experiment great learning experience but um, that's kind of like sunset that project and when I moved to Singapore that's when I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I do? Like, it was fun running the business, Mm. um, but, you know, it wasn't like, 
I'm not passionate about baking. I know insurance. Um, maybe I can combine some, like kind of do that together. And I was very lucky to have come across the two guys who had started Anapi, actually. They had just started that company two or three months before I get, before I got into contact with them and they were looking to make their first hire at the time. I guess they saw that I had insurance uh, experience, entrepreneurial-like, so they thought, Brent, you'd be a great fit for the team. And, and it was a really, really, I, I just like gelled with them instantaneously mm. and it was really, really cool. And so that's how I joined the company at the time they had just started trying to do things around um, APIs with between insurance companies and other platforms and, you know, offering insurance through these APIs, mostly on personal lines. Um, that's when I got involved, uh, you know, believed in it so much, put in some money, became a co-founder, and then I actually only took over the company as CEO just last September. So it's basically there from the beginning and yeah. evolved quite a bit, which I'm sure... You'll ask me some questions on that, Uh, but that's my journey. Yeah, but that's been my journey from corporate to where I am now. Yeah, it sounds like an incredibly entrepreneurial journey, albeit that you did spend the vast majority of that time at the corporate. How how did you find that transition from moving from a huge company like Zurich, moving into your baking business, and then being one of the three co-founders at Anapi? So definitely had to just wear multiple hats right and that's part of um what i what i wanted to to do and and, you know i mentioned before like i was frustrated because i was so back office so far removed from the business when you jump into a baking business where you're learning to bake do business development you know put up a website all that kind of stuff you really need to wear all the hats so that yeah that was a good transition to anapi mm. as well because i had to learn like all right i gotta do everything because no one else is going to do it for me and i can't afford to hire anybody um so that was a that helped me now with anapi as well like okay i've got to wear multiple hats too but also with anapi you know like really trying to find new clients and things like following up with people like in my old job in Zurich it was so internal focused I didn't really have like external clients in my role and so when you're trying to chase someone down for I don't know a sign off or whatever a requirement I could always utilize my network like because I knew that environment like okay I can go to someone who who knows that person and get them to nudge them and you know get them to get the ball rolling but what I kind of like biggest wake up call was, you know, when you don't know, you, how do you influence people that are outside of your sphere? Mm-hmm. I think that was the hardest, one of the hardest parts for me to transition, like going from such an internally faced role to an externally faced role. And yeah. yeah, how do you do sales and all that kind of stuff? That was one of them. And probably another part of transitioning was the pace of, yeah, the, like the pace of work. Yeah. You've got deadlines when you work for a corporate company, but you know how many times I've sat in like project steering committee meetings and like oh yeah this is delayed this is delayed this is the reason okay yeah all right fine we'll we'll get another update next quarter when you're running your own startup if there's a delay like that's you know that's serious stuff because that means your runway however much money you have in the bank that's just going to slowly dwindle down and you, you can't afford delays you need to pivot faster so that was something I personally had to learn uh, that was a big transition for me. Like, okay, can't just sit here and just go, oh yeah, we'll do it next month. Like, you know, yeah. if something's going to get done, got to get it done straight away. Yeah. It's certainly a continual journey. I'm sure I'm Sure, that's a transition you're still making there. 
Ruth, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, I've got to ask you, what, what is your go-to cup of coffee of choice? So in the morning, so I only have one coffee a day. <laughs> and yeah. if I want a coffee in the morning, it will be a like an oat milk latte. Yeah. Uh, if I don't have a coffee in the morning I have, and I want one in the afternoon, it will be a single shot espresso. Very nice. Very nice. Great stuff. Thank you for that, Ruth. I'd like to dive straight in now into the business. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about Anapi, what it does and where the business is right now. Yeah. So we like to consider ourselves or call ourselves a tech-enabled insurance intermediary for startups, small businesses and entrepreneurs. Most people know when it comes to commercial insurance, you have to go through an intermediary hardly any insurers are offering their products direct online mostly because you know commercial risks are much more complex so what we're really playing in this space is to help these smaller businesses that don't really have huge complex risks we want to help them get insurance really fast and easy give them tools to manage their insurance in a much more digital manner so we partner with some forward-thinking insurers who also like the same sort of segment to offer their products uh, to be quoted and found on the spot. Uh, So that's one part of what we do. And then the other part is we have a software, which we call the Anapi Hub, and that's for our clients to upload their existing insurance policies to. And we basically digitize the key information off those policies. So like the policy number, expiration date, coverages and limits, so that our clients can understand at one quick glance which policies they have on hand, which ones are expiring, what what are they covered for? And how has the product developed over the years and where is the product right now? Yeah, so actually, I, I kind of mentioned it before, when we started back in uh, 2018, well, when I joined the company at the start, we were doing something totally different. Where, where we are now is, um, you know, like as an insurance intermediary, we had developed because um, we were trying to do things like to be honest, more sexy type things like, oh, let's use big data and let's help um, companies manage their risks themselves. Let's help them use their data, like delivery companies, to figure out what is what are the losses going to be like? Can they self-insure it? Uh, so we actually focus on that for a little bit after um, the first kind of small product, product that we started off with. And then from there we realised um, some of these companies are not really ready to you know, have that risk on their balance sheet. And they kept saying, look, I just want, we're just happy to buy insurance. It doesn't matter if the insurance company makes money off us. Like that's at least a worry off our shoulders. We just can focus on our core business. So that's kind of the story we kept hearing. And so I'm like, okay, fine. You want to buy insurance. Maybe we can make it easier. Then we kind of delved a little bit deeper and they said, yeah, but it's a real pain. You know, I don't know what I'm covered for really. Um, Sometimes my agent or my broker reminds me really late in the process for when the renewal is coming up. And then, yeah, one of my clients told me this. That he got the notification a few days before the expiration date and then said, oh, and by the way, the premiums um, increased by 15%, right? And he was pretty upset about that. And so stories like this we were collecting and then realized, okay, why don't we just make it easier for people to understand what they're covered for and when their policies expire, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. It's nothing rocket science or anything, but it felt like there was nothing in the market, at least, for, again, for small businesses in the Singapore market at the time. Um, mm. And so that's how we kind of developed into where we are now. Um, 
we launched um, the Anapi Hub, so that software last year, just yeah, just before COVID all kicked off, which was actually very good timing and hindsight mm. for us because that was the big push, right? Everyone needs to go digital, um, and so there's really there was no other digital option for insurance at the time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, quite good timing. You mentioned earlier it was you're targeting those startups and those new businesses. So is it a solution that helps people who maybe it's the first time they're buying business insurance or they're a, they're quite a new entrepreneur and that's not a part of their previous job role to be book purchasing or to be evaluating the risks of their businesses they were working at? For sure. And we do get a lot of these clients who come to us going, uh, someone's told me I need to buy insurance or that someone being ICC <laughs> who's just invested in us yeah. or that other person being a client that they're trying to set up a contract with a work yeah. and they're telling me I need to buy three insurance policies and they have no idea what these things mean. I so see. we definitely get uh, quite a lot of those uh, those types of clients coming to us and uh, going, hey, can you help us? What, what, what does this mean and, and how do I take out the policy? Great. Great. So what, what would you say are the key benefits for policyholders? But also you say you work with directly with the carriers themselves. And presumably that's an extra distribution channel for them too. Yeah. So if I answer that question first for the um, the actual insurers, we are just the distributor for them. It's, you know, it helps them with the fast flow kind of SME products, you know, so that they can free up their underwriters to actually underwrite more complex risks. I think insurers are all thinking about becoming more digital. Can they do it themselves? Some can. Some other smaller players can't or just don't have the bandwidth at the moment. So we're a good distribution level uh, layer for them to utilize so that they can get that fast flow business through. Um, so that's definitely a key benefit uh, for the for the carriers. For our our clients who are the policyholders, you know, it makes it easy for them. We I we're not an aggregator in the sense that on our site you can't come to us and look for DNO policy and we show you three three options. We basically show you the what we think is the best option for a small business. So from that standpoint, it's super easy. A lot of our clients are startups who've just gotten funding from a VC and the VC's taken a board seat and said, hey, as part of the closing agreements, you've got to go take out a DNO policy. And so they just want to get it, kind of like tick the box exercise, but no, it's a good policy. It's a good price, yeah. right? So that yeah. they come to us and get that on the spot. So that's a key benefit to them from that perspective, you know, just, just get it done there. And then also uh, what I mentioned about the Anapi Hub, for the bigger businesses that have, especially our clients that are, you know, have, yeah, bigger, have more policies or the clients that have, you know, retail, physical stores, gyms, mm. restaurants, and they've got multiple policies for their multiple locations. A lot of them don't all have the same insurance start date, so it's hard to manage. So that software is really helpful for them just to keep track of everything on the one place. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It sounds very innovative and I'm, I'm sure those business clients are, are getting a lot of benefit from that. Looking forward, I'd like to get your thoughts particularly on that business insurance market. How do you see that market developing over the next couple of years? And what do you think businesses and insurance businesses need to be doing to be successful during those times? 
So I think definitely digitalization, automation. I mean, that's key. I feel like that's such a cliche thing to say, but it is. We see it much more on the personal line side, not so much on the commercial line side, which is what we're trying to do. So I think there's only going to be more and more of this. Um, I personally also think um, insurers are going to have to look into like mitigating risks as well, right? Like I'm just seeing things in the news or what's happening with all these the fires and stuff like, you know, like climate change is such a huge issue at the moment. And I think insurers will be looking into to, you know, partnering with companies, tech companies or whatever there, whatever there is out there to help reduce these risks because insurers are going to be hit so badly. There's going to be things that are going to be uninsurable in the future if we keep going the way that we're going or insurers are just going to continually lose money on certain lines of business. So I feel like insurers are probably going to be investing a lot of money and resources into that aspect as well, not just helping them be faster and better and faster to the market and all that, but also on that side of, you know, preventing or mitigating certain big risks out there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Ruth. We've reached that time in our interview today where we've reached the espresso round as the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point. So, okay. Ruth, are you ready for espresso round? All right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. The espresso round. Ruth, what percentage of your team there have come from an insurance background like yourself? We're about 50-50. Great. And what value can a high-performing insurance career bring to your business? I really appreciate if someone understands insurance because that's kind of the basis of what we do someone who can understand products concepts of risk management that really helps us be a better insurance intermediary to our clients yeah absolutely and what personalities are a good fit for fast-paced business like yours someone who's outgoing and curious someone who has general interest in what other businesses are out there. We want to understand what our clients do because of such a wide range. I think that's that's really key. Fantastic. And what opportunities can you see uh, now or in the future for high-performing talent when they, when they come to join your business? They get the opportunity to become an entrepreneur as well in the safety net of being an uh, an employee, um, yeah. you know, I provide opportunities in terms of decision making, business development, all, all those things that uh, an entrepreneur really is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think when people move across from the insurance industry, is it often a, a bit like yourself, you were really had entrepreneurial spirit and that, that was something you were clearly looking for? Do you think someone needs to have that entrepreneurial spirit? in order to be successful at a, at a smaller company? Or can they just simply transition from, hey, I was working in an insurance business, I now work at a, a, a startup. Can they also be successful if they don't quite have that entrepreneurial edge? I think it really helps because you need a lot of self-motivation, grit and drive. Yeah, you, you need to be able to be okay to make mistakes and get back on your feet again and, and yeah. not let that like bog you down. And that's, yeah, I feel like that's pretty key uh, because you might think you have the best idea, but the best fit might not be the best timing. Yeah. So you need kind of like soft qualities to be able to, okay, fine. Like I'm okay with that. If that's not going to work out, let me try something else. And yeah. I guess not everyone is used to that or knows how to deal with that. 
Yeah, you mentioned those uh, steering committees you were part of previously in your corporate days and, you know, things being pushed back quarter by quarter. Would you say that's a different environment that people are allowed to make decisions, allowed to fail, allowed to learn from mistakes rather than perhaps not making that mistake in the first place? Yeah, um, I think it's so important to just say, hey, okay, this didn't work out. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And let's learn from it and move on. Um, One of the things, one of our mantras, if you like, that we used to say a lot at when we started the company was leave your ego at the door because we all think, oh, such a great idea. Like, oh, I have this experience. But like that can actually, that can hinder you from actually moving forward because you have this high ego. And that's the same with, uh, yeah, and and, and learning to fail. Like you, you really need to, okay, humble yourself and go, all right, it didn't work out. Let's move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Ruth. When you are looking to recruit people from the insurance industry or people with an insurance background, are there any skills or any experience that you see lacking there that you'd like to see at an insure tech startup like yours? I think kind of like, yeah, this entrepreneurial spirit, not everyone has it. And I think some people are very well, uh, are just better suited for a corporate environment and some people aren't. So you're just going to find that kind of like that right fit. And that's kind of key. The thing is just like problem solving, right? Just because something's been done for the last 20, 30 years one way, I mean, does it have to be done that way? We're looking, you know, we're trying to find people who are willing to, you know, push the envelope, ask the questions why. I think that's that's really key. When we're interviewing people who come from an insurance background, are they do they have these kind of qualities to question things and push things forward? Absolutely. And what would your advice be to any insurance executives or leaders out there who are thinking about making that jump like you have moving from a traditional corporate insurance environment to a startup they might be looking thinking of founding something themselves they might be looking to join the leadership team of an insure tech business what would your advice be to them so if they're looking to start their own company by themselves like themselves i would highly recommend doing it not doing it alone going in with getting a co-founder to do it yeah. to run the business um, with them. Like teamwork makes it and find someone who can complement your skills. I think that's what worked well for us that me and my other partner come from a corporate insurance background, but we have some, we had our other founder from startup, only worked in startups, only in tech. And, you know, we could complement each other this that way. I think that's really, really important. The other thing is kind of what I said before, like be prepared to be flexible the fast pace, like you need to be able to work in a different gear than in a corporate environment. No one's going to make things happen for you. It's, it's all on your own, mm. which means a network, getting connected and getting a network is super important. I realized that um, as well, like pretty early on. Being new to the Singapore market as well, like I just moved to this country, didn't really know anybody. Um, and then you're trying to like figure things out. Um, just trying to find a network really, really helped. Um, also, everyone seems super friendly with each other in this whole startup community here, which is very, very helpful. So it's not that hard. I'm sure that's the same across other markets too. So it's it's really, it shouldn't be that difficult to get connected <laughs> and, and speak to people and get help. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
Rui, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Before you go, though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show? So my piece of advice would be what I mentioned before, our mantra, leave your ego at the door. Put that aside and just it's all about grit, self-determination, but also learning to pivot. And if things aren't going well, like learn to pivot and quickly because otherwise you'll just run out of resources and and you'll, before too late, you'll realise, okay, we've just wasted six months. So um, that's my biggest advice based on my biggest learnings (laughs) in the last three years. You can find me on LinkedIn, Ruth Huller. Happy to, yeah, happy to be connected with more people in in this whole uh, uh, insure tech insurance network. Great. Yeah. Keep, keep that network growing. Thanks so much, Ruth. Really appreciate that. We will we'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile on our show notes so people can click through to you and also find out more about Anapi there. Ruth, thank you so much for your time today. I think it's great to hear about the, the work you're doing there for commercial insurance businesses, SMEs and, and startups there. It sounds like a really interesting business that you have there. And uh, thank you so much for sharing with us your journey and your transition from the corporate world to tech startup. So thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. Um, to all our listeners out there, wherever you are, uh, insurance leaders, insure tech leaders around the world, thank you for listening today. I'm sure you would have get, got some great learnings from Ruth. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or would like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.